gentlemen welcome to electric leftovers my name is jason this episode it's 409 this very episode who would have thought we've only just begun to live ladies and gentlemen before we start the show i want to just i've been watching the debate (laughs) jesus christ they pile it high and thick on that stage um uh, just just a, a brief lesson about global commodities because everyone's answer to inflation was we need to pump more oil well here's the here's the thing oil is a global commodity we are not the only ones who make it we are not the only ones who sell it if we pump more to drive the price down everybody else who's making all this money is going to pump less to drive the price up you don't control them now when these republicans on this stage want you to to believe that if we would just pump more oil, the price would go down. They're trying to make you think that our oil production is is government controlled, which they're 100% against. Absolutely not. No way. No way would they allow such a thing. That's what they want you to think will happen. Don't be fooled. Speaking of Exxon, Exxon Mobil, you know, the Exxon Valdez people, uh, $9 billion in profit last quarter. Not last year. Last quarter, one quarter of a year, $9 billion profit. You tell me pumping royal is going to fix that. You're a fool. Finale of Final Fantasy VIII, brand new Let's Play, a replay of Gun, more Tunic, and all the such things happening over on jasonsgroupmachine.com. Okay, this, this, there, that's all I needed to say. Bye.
experience a massive new world on your PC. Nope. Why do you guys do this? I, I do not have PC selected. But when, a, when they remake a game, all other versions of the games don't, don't stop existing. Back of the box. A member of an, well, you know, let's compare. All right, I will read the back of the box on for the PC version, what's on GameFAQs, and then I'll read back of the box here. And you tell me which one makes you want to play it more, okay? Experience a massive new world on your PC. A member of an elite military team, Squall, is forced into a conflict beyond imagination. To survive, he must contend with a desperate rival, a powerful sorceress, and his own mysterious dreams. Realistic, detailed characters and background graphics enhanced by a breathtaking musical score. An epic story based on the theme of love set in massive new world. New junction system allows characters to be customized with magic spells draw from enemies. Nearly an hour of stunning motion capture ZG cinemas seamlessly integrated into gameplay. So that's the back of the PC version. The back of the... PlayStation version? Exactly the same, except the first sentence, which says, experience a massive new world on your PC. Um, didn't need to be there. It didn't. Because Final Fantasy VIII, available on the Switch. Because there's a remaster, don't you know? Brand new remaster. Because Square can't be bothered to come up with a new idea. It's on the Switch, the Xbox, the PS4, and Steam. So we just finished this Let's Play. Um, there's some problems with the back of the box. It's not quite, not quite as described. I I like Final Fantasy VIII. That's fine. It's better than seven. Uh, that's not saying much, but it is better than seven. Um, it's forty something parts. We like hundred percented as much as we could, just like when we did Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I yeah, I watch it if you want to. I mean, you got no reason not to, if, unless you don't want to, then don't because that'd be a dumb thing to do.
I'm still frustrated with that debate. God, those people. Here's the thing. And this this generally, like across the board, it's a political thing. But it's especially prevalent in right-wing politics. Especially. Either they're really dumb or they're lying because they think you're really dumb. Neither of those things should qualify anybody for being in office. I want you to consider that while I scroll through the 857 reviews for Final Fantasy VII, which I don't know if you know this. Uh, user, 13,806 ratings. Four and a half out of five. Four and a half out of five. Now, I'm... I'm willing to bet that the generation after mine probably, you know, there was something in the water, they've hit their heads, um, you know, this was right before everybody had to, like, start childproofing everything. Like, we fell off, we had metal slides, we fell off of stuff, and then after us, like, everybody's like, oh god, we need to protect these children. And I can only imagine and, and assume that that is why so many people love this game so much. That, or they've never played another video game. It's like, look, if the only movie you have ever seen was The Pest with John Leguizamo, you're going to think that's a damn good movie. If the only movie you've ever seen was uh, uh, Corky Romero, Romano, whatever it was, you're going to think that's a damn good movie. Deuce Bigelow? Male Gigolo? If that's all you've ever seen. I'm just saying. Broaden your horizons. Get a little culture. Okay. I'm looking at some of these titles. A game I've grown up with. A game I'll grow old with. Um... Uh... uh Final Fantasy VII is not overrated. Shut up. I'm not tagging along. I just think this game rules. Unquestionably the greatest game of all time. A review that took seven years to write. Hope you were saving it as a text file. Despite its release in 1997, our files are still incomplete for one of the greatest RPGs ever made. No, no. No. It was a hit on the PSX, and thanks to IDOS, a hit on the PC. As Edge and Christian would say, this game totally reeks of awesomeness. I don't know who that is. Edge was the ninja in Final Fantasy IV. A massive game calls for a massive review. Um, here's somebody. All the way good RPG in Square's third excellent game in a row. Final Fantasy VII is overrated in some ways. I have selected... Platform, PlayStation. I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to scroll down. And the PC, PC, PC. And it, there's a little box that says PC. I don't want those. That's why I picked PlayStation. You son of a bitch. best RPG ever, a great game that deserves all the hype, not just the greatest Final Fantasy ever, nor the greatest RPG ever, the best game ever. 
This guy says, despite issues on its graphical, graphical quality, Final Fantasy VII is arguably the best RPG ever. Give it a 10. It's got issues. It can't be a 10. Final Fantasy VII, greatest RPG of all time. Perfect. One of the best games of all time. Quote, this is it, says Psycho Penguin. An absolutely amazing achievement for Square's first entry in the world of 3D and Final Fantasy. That's cool. So when do Final Fantasy 4, 6, 3, and maybe 8 get their Advent Children and Compilation series? You joke. Class Alvin from Star Ocean. Were you Star Ocean or were you Tales of Fantasia? I don't care. Uh, is this the greatest game ever made? Guy who gave it a 10? I don't know. What do you think? This one sounds fun. <laughs> we can't rate it because it's a... I mean, by the time I'm done complaining about it. I love this title. Hectic Double Zero in 2006. Fingerless heroes save the day. One of them even has a mental disorder. I feel like that's most of the fan base of this game. Officeil gave it a 9. We found the one game Officeil likes. Oh... Knights of the Round gave it a 10. Wow, I'm surprising nobody. How many of these people have Cloud in their name, do you think? Or Sephiroth. Uh, refined a genre shaped an industry. Redefined a genre. No, it didn't. Timeless cultural relevancy? Jesus Christ. Masterpiece! Now, I'm picking on some of these, but not everybody loves it. Okay, uh, before we read, back to the detailed review, of which there's, I think, literally a hundred. Uh, here's a four from Ozzy2B. Am I the only one who thinks Cloud is wearing Smurf shoes? Grasu, unfortunately, another RPG disaster from Square. Cynics, a review from a perspective you might have seen before. Gave it a five, so did Grasu. Loopmeister fails under closer scrutiny. Gave it a three. I agree. I don't even know what he said. I agree. A review of an overrated classic. The Ugliest Man gave it a four. You are stealing my identity, sir. Mediocrity is a game several will call best ever. Says Stinger, who gave it a seven. A good solid game with some glaring weaknesses. Sine nomine, seven. All of this hype for what I see is a dated average RPG. Final update. The retro player gave it a six. These are still all detailed. If you had one thing to ask for, wouldn't it be the KOR materia? That's Knights of the Round. Iron Man gave it a seven. Good, but what's all the fuss about? Dude of Life gave it a seven. A poor game redeemed by its sense of charm and atmosphere. Well, somewhat redeemed. A five by Echurian Mage fingerless heroes like my zelda review good but not the best game of all time says plasma warrior x aldrasio people need to play more final fantasy games before they assume that this is the best ever thank you i agree with you too we're all gonna get together and buy each other beers all right let's go to quick reviews got any usual suspects in here i haven't seen uh xylo Shut up, this game is great, just some minor flaws, it says Sexy World. Who gave it a nine? Next. Oh, Fadubu! Alright! Ain't nobody. 
Ain't nobody. Everybody gave it detailed reviews. I remember when I was nine and I was homesick from school and all we had was a PlayStation because we sold all of our shoes to buy a PlayStation so we couldn't leave the house so we had to stay to play PlayStation. My PC broke and I couldn't play Quake anymore. Right, like Civil War letters. My dearest Debbie, here we are. A hot August afternoon. We have but one thing to distract us from the sweltering heat. There's computer-generated people made of Kleenex boxes with ping-pong balls for joints. I'm quite taken by the one they call Severoth. I would like to make out with him. That's in a review somewhere. I ain't going to look for it, but it's there. Okay, uh, we've talked a little. We're just going to do two. Vastly inferior to its predecessors, says Forg520 in 2014. I came into Final Fantasy VII with high expectations because of its many positive reviews. I was shocked by how truly bad it is. If you play its predecessors, Final Fantasy 1 through 6, you will see how good a Final Fantasy game can be. They are what made the Final Fantasy genre great. It's its own genre now. The original Final Fantasy was dead simple. No distractions. You start in a town, you buy stuff, you wander the map, you crawl through dungeons, you loot treasure chests, you slay monsters, you vanquish evil bosses. All that stuff is great. It's what defines the gameplay. It's what made Final Fantasy great. But with each new Final Fantasy release, Square decided to get a bit fancy. A bit too fancy. They added cutscenes, long-winded dialogue, non-combat-oriented tasks, puzzles, hidden passageways, and hidden loot. By Final Fantasy VII, the fanciness got out of control. Less than 10% of the actual game time was spent playing the core game as defined by Final Fantasy I. The cutscenes and dialogue and storyline and minigame tasks have come to dominate the game. Thus, Final Fantasy VII, like many modern games, failed to deliver an enjoyable gaming experience. I have noticed a counterintuitive phenomenon that when game developers acquire a new technology or gaming platform, they often get a bit too creative and fancy and end up overdoing the end experience. Somehow, being limited to a restriction engine like NES forces a developer to just focus on the essentials. In doing so, they actually end up creating a better game because these development constraints prevent the developer from doing something stupid or doing too much. By having access to too much processing power and memory, developers inevitably try to do too much and ruin the experience. Another flaw of Final Fantasy VII is that even during combat, which is supposed to be part of the gore gameplay, there are numerous distractions in the form of graphical fireworks accompanied with every single attack or spell cast. The camera swerves around wildly every time an action occurs. It's jarring and distraction distracting, excuse me. Fortunately, one can fix the camera angle through the configuration settings, but they cannot turn off the over-the-top animations. The only redeeming quality of Final Fantasy VII is the new materia system is quite interesting and changes the gameplay. It is unfortunate that too much of the game is distracting from this system. If you like games with many distractions, then FF7 may be right for you, but if you're like me and just run a simple game, then it is a truly horrible experience gave it a three. I don't care for the materia system. It's the same thing I didn't like about Final Fantasy V. It's something I don't like about Final Fantasy VI. 
um, and that it said every person can do everything thus making each individual character less of an individual and more akin to personalities of the same character I don't like that I want every it's a role playing game everybody should have a role to play if everybody can do everything there's no roles okay Fidubu, 1999, and then updated in 2002, says it's five periods good, but certainly not perfect. I may be the only one who feels this way, but I was kind of disappointed with Final Fantasy VII. It just doesn't have the feel of previous Square masterpieces, period. Sure, it succeeds on many technical levels. The graphics, while sometimes hampering exploration because they are so flashy, are top-notch and seamlessly stream into FMV, another great selling point. They don't. They don't do that. The music is vintage square with catchy tunes that draw you into the environment. No. No, it's not. The battle system is generally good, too. Well, a button, a button, a button. Hard to screw that up. Um, or whatever it is on PlayStation. I think more than three characters should fight at one time in normal battles. Remember when FF2 introduced groups of five? Well, four, you mean. Final Fantasy 2 had four. Final Fantasy 4 had five. Also, I think that the summon spell animations, while breathtakingly rendered, are tedious after the first viewing. Knights of the Round is the biggest offender, which is one of the reasons I never used it, because it takes too damn long. Uh, if you have watched my Final Fantasy VIII Let's Play, uh, Eden gets summoned like twice. Because that's a. You could literally hit the button, summon the thing, go make a sandwich, come back, start eating, and the thing is still going. The characters themselves are memorable, but they are hardly different from each other ability-wise. See, Fadubu gets it. It all depends on material, leaving characters seeming a bit two-dimensional. Even the storyline has its charms. Eh. The broad plot of the search for Sephiroth is interesting, and the side quests and extras are certainly above average for most RPGs. But is this a truly great RPG? No. And I'll tell you why. It doesn't steal away your life for any reason other than the fact that it's a Final Fantasy game. The desire to complete the game, a must for a great RPG, wears a little thin after time, and the game just becomes tedious and redundant. Chocobo Racing is a perfect example. A great idea, but you must do it so many times in order to master that it becomes frustratingly boring. It lags in ways that its predecessors never did. This keeps Final Fantasy VII from greatness. It is by no means a bad game, but beneath its flash and commercial success, there isn't enough there to grip the player who's looking for a great new experience. For a mind-blowing RPG, excuse me, try Suikoden. I don't know that I've ever played Suikoden. Here's, look, we're only gonna read the two. I'm gonna give mine now. Graphics for the PlayStation at the time, they were good. They were not great. They were not, oh my God, breathtaking. They were not, I've never seen anything like this before. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to look up a game here. Final Fantasy VII, uh, released 1997. Little game called Alone in the Dark came out in 1992. And character models in Alone in the Dark look a hell of a lot like they do in Final Fantasy VII. And Alone in the Dark is terrible. Like, 1992, it was amazing. It's like, oh my god, there's like people, and they're 3D, and they have like arms that move, and I mean, they're pointy and kind of weird, but this is something we've never seen before. This is incredible. And then five years later, we're supposed to see it, and like, oh my god, this is incredible. Uh, this, uh, It's not a new thing. 
right? And Alone in the Dark was a computer game that came on a CD. Final Fantasy VII is a computer game that came on a CD. You just play it on a very special computer. It's not exciting. It's not interesting. Graphically, it has some nice backgrounds. Those were not done with the same uh, engine that did everything else. The backgrounds are great. The character sprites look fine for the time. They don't look great for the time. They're actually a little behind where everybody else was. Because again, Alone in the Dark, 1992. You don't believe me? Look it up. Music. Not the best Final Fantasy music ever. And it has some incredibly obnoxious and annoying instruments in, in the whole thing. When we listen to Final Fantasy IV and Final Fantasy V, IV has really good brass and really good strings and a really good bass guitar and drum set. V tried to tweak it, but ended up making it worse. And then six came in and six was incredible. Six fixed everything that five got wrong. Sevens has good songs in it. There's some really good music in Final Fantasy VII. It's just played on really crummy instruments. And you have the option to, to design and make these however you want. And those are the ones you picked. You know, this is not good. And I'm not saying you need CD, you know, uh, CDA orchestral live recorded music. You don't. But it could have sounded better. Uh, the story. Let me tell you the story. If, if you don't know. Uh, you you wake, you enter game Media Res. You're a guy with Smurf shoes named Cloud. And you are helping uh, some people that we don't know break into a thing. And you're going to blow it up. And then you do all that. And then you go and you meet a lady because you fell through a hole in the ceiling. And um, then you, you go and pretend to be a lady. And then you fall into the sewers. And then you get on a ghost train. And then you cl climb up a thing. And then there's a guy in a helicopter. And then you swing off a rope. And then this big thing falls down. And then, you know, you're all like, we're fighting the evil corporation. It's kind of, kind of sort of cyberpunky in that way. And then we get to the top of the big tower and then the president's dead and then the guy who nobody who you know just like the new hire right because he's the new guy everybody else has been domestic terrorizing for a while and then the new guy shows up and the new guy's like only sephiroth could use that sword and then through flashbacks you find out that that's not true at all like three other people have one of them was like a 12 year old girl uh, but that doesn't matter because the new guys and like, well, we have to go after Sephiroth. And then everybody else is like, For forget that we had hopes and dreams. We're, we're, yeah, we're with you, the man in a purple jumpsuit. Let's go. But first, we need you to kill this man's dog. And so you do. And then you get on a motorcycle. And then you, you go through like big, daring, we're going to escape the city. It's going to be. And then the guy, like a robot guy, comes up and he punches you. And then you beat him up, and then where it should be like the big awesome, you jump off the bridge and you land outside the city, but then you don't. Everybody just stands around and talks for 10 minutes. And then like, well, I guess we'll go. And then they walk out. <laughs> they leave the motorcycle and the three-wheel truck that they stole. And they just walk out. And after you spent like six hours 
trying to get out of the city. I don't know how long it takes. Six hours, it sounds fine. Then you, you take a walk, and then you can't really go anywhere until you go to this itty-bitty town to stay at the inn, which you don't need to do. Like, it's not far enough away, and the enemies at that point aren't terrifying enough that they're going to kick your butt and you need to go stay at the inn. Uh, but then you get to the inn, and then you have an hour and a half of backstory. And this happens about every six hours of gameplay. You'll play the game for five to six hours, and then everybody's going to talk for an hour. And you'll play another five hours, and everybody's going to talk for an hour. But the thing is, nothing anybody talks about is interesting. All that anybody wants to talk about is, Cloud, tell us about that Sephiroth guy. And then he's like, oh, Sephiroth. Yep, I, I wrote a letter, and I said I wanted to make out with him once. And everybody's like, oh, God, you are, you, are a, you are a haunted individual, sir, with your spiky blue hair and your Smurf shoes. And then he's like, yeah, well, that's why I'm on the box. And then you go through this whole convoluted thing where... Uh, there's clones and maybe you're a clone but maybe you're not a clone but maybe your best friend was a clone but maybe you're a clone of your best friend or maybe you're both clones of each other <coughs> and then he died but then he gave you his pants and then you got confused for him somewhere else and then everybody else just lied to you about who you were because you thought you were someone else and everybody's like he's kind of weird just go with it and then uh, all of it at the end is like the guy Sephiroth guy that you were chasing wasn't even him it wasn't him at all. It was a guy pretending to be him with his mind. And then you find him, and he's just a guy in ice. And he's like, I, um, tried to assimilate an alien, and it got kind of mad at me. So we played, like, mental staring contest, and I won. But then I was real tired, so I thought I'd just stay in the ice for a while. And I don't have a shirt on. Y'all remember Final Fantasy V, where I said how ridiculous it was that the big ultimate evil thing was a tree? That is less ridiculous than this. And that's damned ridiculous. What did Sephiroth do? Uh, comparatively. Okay, this, this ex-death guy from Final Fantasy V, he broke all the crystals, he made, like, the, the there was a world and then another world that was his world because he got kicked out of our world, and then these other people went to the world with him to keep an eye on him, and then he broke out, and he caused the two worlds to merge together, and now there's, like, ancient evils being unlocked all over the place, and he's a bad dude, and he's killing everybody that actually did anything, and then you guys are just watching him kill everybody and being sad about it. He, he did things. Sephiroth killed a guy in a red suit. He pinned a snake on a tree. Uh, he stabbed a lady. Because I don't know if you know this about video games. Death is only permanent if it's in a cutscene. Uh, and he killed a lady who... And the lady ran away because she knew she was going to get killed. She ran away to get killed. And then when you have this weird, like, dreamy flashback, flash time, flash now, flash forward thing, she's like, I'm not going to tell you where I am, but you need to come and find me. And so you go, and she's like, oh, hi. And then she dies. And then it's supposed to be really sad. And then you realize that in, like, game world time, you've known her for, like, four days. 
so it's not really that, you know, not really that touching, I guess. But look, the story is stupid. Just start, start to finish. It, it contradicts itself. It, it doesn't, like I said, like everybody has these goals and plans and everything. And then Cloud shows up and he's like, Sephiroth's bad. And then everybody you ever meet ever is like, oh, yep, totally bad. We better go get him. Like nobody has any, the, the mo everybody loses their motivation to do anything when Sephiroth shows up because now everybody is Cloud. Everybody's going off Cloud's motivation and Cloud doesn't even know who the hell he is. And we're going to follow this dude. Sid gets to be in charge for a little while and that's all right. Story, stupid. So graphics, below average for the most part. Music, average for the most part. Story, below average. Gameplay, average. Like we talked about earlier, you push a button, you select a thing, you push the thing you want to do the thing to, and then you do the thing and then it dies. Okay, that's hard to break. But the materia thing, like I said, like Fadubu said, if everybody can do everything, there is no real incentive to take any one character over any other because everybody can really do the same thing. Now, there are a couple of like Yuffie is a long range attacker and Tifa punches things. And when I was a kid, everybody was talking about how ridiculous her breasts look because they were bigger than her freaking head. So, I mean, if that was your thing, then you took her. If you liked cats, then you took Red. If you like robot cats, then you took Kate Sith. That was all of that. Okay. But I, I, there was no reason to take anyone over any other except for like three things. And that is, are they a long range attacker? Do you like their limit breaks? That was it. Nothing else mattered at all, man. Mini games are stupid. Uh, rewards are mostly stupid. You spend a lot of time grinding for a lot of things. And by the time you have acquired the things that you were doing all this grinding for, you're way past the point where you would ever even really need them. Um, the the way they set up the end of the game, it's it's Cloud and Shirtless Sephiroth, man. And you're fighting in maybe Sephiroth's mind, maybe Cloud's mind, maybe in a real place. I don't know. It doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. And I tell you, the first time, because you have to use Cloud's super ultra amazing limit break to win the game. Or it won't work. I I am not making this up. The first time I played the game to completion, because I've not like five or six times, I went to use super awesome, amazing, ultra, super cool limit break on Sephiroth to get the big dramatic ending. It missed. He died anyway. Game over. Final Fantasy VII has a lot of problems. It is like like a few people have said. It's not the greatest Final Fantasy game ever. It's not the greatest RPG ever. It is sure as hell not the greatest video game ever. It's got a lot of problems. And I really wish, just for a minute, everybody would step back from the picture in their mind of Sephiroth standing in the burning fire and being all angsty for a little bit. Because the game is not good.
I have I have these background tracks, right? Kind of preset to lengths. So I can but it loops. Like like the review one loops for 31 and a half minutes. The news one loops for about 30 minutes. And then I read it and then I clip it and then I condense it and we're good. It's nice. It works really well for me. I used almost the whole 31 minutes. <laughs> I've never done that for a review before. I'm angry. I'm angry about a lot of things tonight. And I don't want to take it out on you. And I apologize if I feel like it seems like I'm being like aggressive. I don't mean to. I'm just angry. Now I'm going to read some news. And then I'm going to go and listen to the Beatles. The show's over. Because my favorite song today is I'm Only Sleeping from Revolver. It's a great song. It's an overlooked Beatles song. I want you to go listen to it. Okay. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> Find our centers. Our lead story. Be careful what you ask for, ladies and gentlemen. A store in Swansea, Wales that supports the Bernardo Children's Charity has circulated a request to its donors. UPI reported on October 27th. Please don't send us your sex toys. Please be mindful that we are a children's charity, and as such, we have a range of ages on our wonderful volunteer team. The statement read, We therefore ask that you refrain from donating your used and unused <laughs> marital aids. Used and unused. The branch at CCTV... Uh, the branch has CCTV, so these uh, these items can be tracked back to their owners. In other words, we know who you are. It's still in the box. It's okay. Kids love them. Story of Ooh, Desiree Kelly of Farmington, Missouri, woke up at 5 a.m. on October 24th to a strange feeling. I actually felt something move in my ear. That's how they talk in Missouri. Uh, Kelly said that in a TikTok video because, you know, TikTok. Fox News reported that Kelly was in such discomfort, she started to cry in the waiting room at urgent care. As the nurse started to flush her ear with water, Kelly, quote, felt whatever that was crawl out of my ear, and I watched out of the corner of my eye something fall land on my sweater, said Kelly. I watched this black spider with all eight legs crawl across the floor. She said she screeched and threw up as the nurses tapped, trapped the spider in a container. The nurses were so sweet and passed no judgment like I thought they would, Kelly said. I don't think I could ever sleep without earplugs again. Spider with all eight legs. Was not a pirate spider. It's come to this, ladies and gentlemen. A 75-year-old woman in Pavia, Italy, had to get the courts involved to get her two sons, ages 42 and 40, out of her house. CNN reported on October 27th. Mom described her sons as parasites who had been living with her without con contributing financially, even though both had jobs. Sorry, I bumped the mic. Judge Simona Catterby called the brothers Bambasini? or big babies, and declared that they have until December 18th to vacate the woman's home. Once a certain age has been exceeded, the child can no longer expect the parents to continue the maintenance obligation within limits that are no longer reasonable, Tarby said. Catterby? The brothers hadn't decided whether they would appeal the decision. They were probably going to ask their mom. What's in a name, ladies and gentlemen? Too many words. That's the whole story. Uh, too many words, according to officials in Spain. Fernando Fritz James Stewart, the 17th 
Duke of Huskar, recently baptized his second child with a name 25 words long, Sky News reported. The name pays tribute to the baby's mother and father, other members of the family, and religious devotions. But register rules limit a child's name to one compound name and two simple names, and the Duke and his wife will need to shorten the name for legal purposes. Don't get naming ideas from Elon Musk or Kanye. The continuing crisis, an unnamed teacher at Mesa High School in Arizona is on paid administrative leave and under investigation as he, after he dressed up in devil horns and waved a pitchfork over students' heads on October 25th, KPNX-TV reported. Student Nathaniel Hamlet, who reported the incident to his dad, said the teacher said, Hail Satan! as he waved a pitchfork. Some people thought it was funny. Some people didn't like it, said Hamlet. That's pretty true about everything. Uh, who was insulted by the costume? For his part, the teacher said he was dressing up for Spirit Week at the school and was part of a dynamic duo with a teacher next door who dressed as an angel. Well, I don't like that. Participating in Spirit Weeks like this is a way for me to engage with my students and bring fun to my classroom. He said, it's truly not any more complicated than that. Mesa Public Schools said in a statement that the investigation is ongoing. One of the questions in the debate tonight, what are you all going to do about rising anti-Semitism in America? Everybody's answer was we need to defund colleges. And then they made up a bunch of stuff, like things that never happened. Anyway, also in the continuing crisis, the Tocoa Riverside restaurant in Blue Ridge, Georgia has updated its menu with an addendum. Patrons will get a surcharge if they are unable to parent. $50 per bill for misbehaving kids, NBC 10 Philadelphia reported. NBC Philadelphia is reporting on a story in Georgia. You busy, Georgia? A Google review from dinner Lindsay Landman described a huge scene made by the owner in front of the whole restaurant. He got in our faces and told us that we belonged to Burger King and not his restaurant, Landman said. He was yelling! The owners, however, said they weren't going to comment on a policy we've had for years. We just want to live in the woods and cook. Take my money. I am I am so there. I am so there. Can we make it a hundred? Your old pal Jason. He's a grumpy old man. You know he's a grumpy old man. Like I look, hear this? That's licorice candy. Because I'm a terrible old man. There are people who will confirm if I am out eating at a restaurant with friends and children walk in. My my already sunny personality darkens. I just like if I see children and the people start walking toward the child to to put me in a seat like if we're gonna put you guys in a booth over here by this party of 15 nine of which are children I was like no (laughs) put me somewhere else or I'm I'm leaving I do not have children I do not want children no one wants me to have children think about that would be think about the world if there were a bunch of small versions of half me around. We like that movie Basket Case a little bit with better audio. Um, I don't have them. I don't want them around. 
if, if I, if friends who have children, that's great. We're going to a bar. <laughs> you want to hang out? We're going to a bar. I can't bring my kids. Exactly. I don't leave my house, ladies and gentlemen. Questionable judgment. If, as college antics go, it stands up. On October 25th, someone wearing a giant penis costume was escorted out of the stands at a football game between Sam Houston State University and the University of Texas at El Paso, HuffPost reported. A school spokesperson said the prankster was given, quote, the option to take the costume off or leave the stadium. Sam Houston was winning the game until the phallic fan was removed. Then they lost 37 to 34. I wonder if it was that Ted L. Nancy guy. We used to read his letters. Remember? Letters from a nut. He would write, like, Greyhound. Dear Greyhound, my name is, uh... Ted L. Nancy, and I am a costume character mascot, and, uh... I've got to be at a convention, but I'm not going to have time to get from the hotel to the convention and then change, so I need to know if it's okay if I ride your bus dressed in my eight-foot-tall banana costume. And then he goes on to explain things about his performance and all that. I have two of his books, and they're the same thing. So he writes the letter, he gets the letter back, he prints the response. And most of the time it's, well, we, we would rather you didn't, if that's okay. Or he, he wrote to a couple of casinos in Vegas. So you guys are named Whiskey Pete's, but I'm planning on opening a casino about three miles down the road. And I'm going to call it Whiskey, with no E, uh, Peters. Is that okay with you guys? My favorite one. My favorite one ever. He wrote to the head of a physics department at like UCLA or something like that. And he's like, look, I weigh 180 pounds. I can lift 200 pounds. Doesn't it make sense that I should be able to fly if I just push down really hard? And this guy wrote him a, a very kind letter just explaining. No, here's why that doesn't work. It's one of my favorite books. Excuse me, news you can use. Bet you didn't know that every year U.S. Department of Agriculture officials distribute oral rabies vaccines to raccoon populations in 14 states, driving around and targeting areas where the critters will find and eat the bait. I, I didn't know that. Uh, but, as NPR reported, in rural communities, it's more efficient to drop the little packets from low-flying planes. Quote, The planes have a tube and a conveyor belt that just, that just drops these vaccines to make sure they're sort of evenly dispersed, said journalist Emily Mullen. Jordana Kirby with the USDA said the trick was to make the vaccines palatable to a raccoon, so they come in a fish flavor and a sweet flavor. Sweet is not a flavor. If other animals find and eat the packets, it won't hurt them. What if the animal eats the packets and then the raccoon eats the animal? Does the vaccine transfer? Inexplicable, ladies and gentlemen, two unsuspecting visitors to Wortham Park in Houston, Texas on October 26th were the victim of a teenager's scream for attention. Oh, they must be on TikTok. Uh, KHOU-TV reported. Alfred Lason Lewis, 19, and 18-year-old Kingston Miker cooked up a scheme wherein Lewis first tried to rob a man and then sucker punched another man in the back of the head as... Miker filmed the actions. Yep. 
Quote, they did this for fun and posted it on social media, which is simply unacceptable, said Ashleya Sheridan, a prosecutor in the Harris County District Attorney's Office. Lewis was contrite. You know, I just made a mistake and everybody makes mistakes, he told Kay Howe, which is Houston. What people don't see is that I shook his hand right after and gave the man a hug. Oh, well, case closed, it says. I, that's still battery, sir. Buried the lead, and they spelled lead L-E-D-E, because it's, it's a... <sighs> Joshua Dillon, 37, went on a drug-fueled rampage early on October 29th, forcing his way into the home into two homes in Rush Township, Pennsylvania, where life is slow. WTAG-TV reported. Dillon told homers, homeowners... Excuse me. I have talk trouble times. Dylan told homeowners he had been shot and was in danger. After barging in at the last house, he threw a television to a ground, to the ground, dumped a CD rack, threw a lamp, quote, broke the handle off a cast iron skillet, that was in all caps, and it says here parentheses, our emphasis, and rubbed frozen meat on his chest. Dylan had allegedly consumed a quarter ounce of hallucinogenic mushrooms. You know how much that is? Mushrooms are light, dude. And now faces felony charges of burglary and criminal trespassing. But let's talk about that skillet handle. Okay. No, the story ends right there. Sorry. Uh, Crime report. Officials in Melbourne, Australia, raided a home on October 31st where they found a meth lab, boxes of gemstones, and so many Legos that they'll need a truck to haul them away. Well... Five Legos you would haul away in a truck. And any number of Legos. Anyway, the Guardian reported all that. Police found 1,130 boxes of the plastic blocks valued at more than $200,000 and arrested a 36-year-old man and a 32-year-old woman. This is the first time our detectives have seized a Lego collection, said Detective Inspector Anthony Vea. Detective Tony Vea on the Lego Beat.
ladies and gentlemen, I feel that this was one of our more bizarre episodes. I think we can all agree on that. This one was a little strange, wasn't it? I'm not sure how I'm feeling about the whole thing. You know. It's time for some quiet self-reflection. Cup of cup of tea, perhaps. Some licorice candy. Sitting in the dark. Just me and my thoughts. That's probably what I need. What you need to do is visit www.jasonscroovemachine.com if you'd like to check out videos for Final Fantasy VII, VIII, Tunic, or the new replay of Gungrave. Uh, you can find me on post at jasongrvin, where I did a play-by-play of most of the debate. I mean, someone's got to. It's a... I'm not the hero you need, I'm the hero you deserve. So just consider your actions moving forward, okay? If you would like to financially support the show, you can do so. And it would it would be great if you would by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash electricleft. You don't have to. It's fine. Uh, where you can buy me a coffee. That would be nice. Coffee sounds nice, but I'm having tea tonight. Uh, if you would like to subscribe to the show, you can get this uh, wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to leave us a rating and a review, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, anything else I can really share with you? I don't think so. Uh, you know where all the things are. You know who I am. You know how to find me. And uh, I think you know what to do if you go on a drug-fueled rampage in Rush Township, Pennsylvania, right? You gotta throw that TV. You gotta dump them CDs. You gotta break that skillet. I mean, it's pretty brittle. It's gonna break. That's not like... Oh my god. Man of Steel. More like... Pan of Iron. Wow. 